Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW John Frankenheimer Review, episode number one. This is technically not that show I just read off. This is technically LIW The Twilight Zone Review for seven days in May. And, uh, but, but, let me just say this, guys. This is going to be the maybe one of the few times we do this. It's, it's going to be a cross episode. So what I'm going to do after this is, after I'm done talking, is play the episode from that feed, for, from LIW The Twilight Zone Review, for seven days in May. We discuss it at length. It's about an hour and a half. We discuss John Frankenheimer. I, I go into detail of you know different movies in the era and stuff like that. So it, it really does double as a good episode of this show. I wish it wasn't the first one, but um, that's what we're doing. We also do LIW John Carpenter Review. We're five episodes deep. Literally just finished recording episode five for Dark Star. Fuck that movie. But um, this is going to be John Frankenheimer Review, and I... I, I love John Frankenheimer. I always have since middle of high school, I'd say. Maybe sophomore, junior year, something like that. But uh, Seven Days of May is a great movie. It's it's solid. We're going to talk about it here. We're going to love it. It's going to be me. It's going to be Frank Lynx, who I also do Twilight in Review with. Adam Wilcox and Dick Dickett, a.k.a. Richard Pierce. This was recorded yesterday, uh, which was 2-16-2021. So this is going to be just a, it's going to be a different podcast, but I, I didn't feel like we needed to talk about this movie twice. I didn't want to force those guys into that. So I decided, let's just throw this on the on the first first episode. So from now on, as long as Rod Sterling didn't write it, and this is the only Rod Sterling movie he wrote, unless we talk about one of the Playhouse 90 episodes John Frankenheimer directed that Rod Sterling wrote, and we discussed that on Twilight Zone Review, I might throw those on here as well. Other than that, every other movie John Frankenheimer directed is going to be a specific episode for this podcast. This will be the first and hopefully last time we do this for a movie. Because Rod Sterling only wrote one movie that John Frankenheimer directed. One movie. Um, but yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed this. I don't know what else to say. I will say since this is our first podcast, uh, liwstudios.com. That's where you check out all of our other shows. We have so many shows on there, just a ridiculous amount. We do... LAW Anthology Series Review every Wednesday, as along with uh, LAW John Carpenter Review. I think we're going to switch to going back and forth between this show, uh, John Frankenheimer Review, and John Carpenter. Kind of back and forth thing. And then Tuesdays, we also do LAW Twilight Zone Review. We do a number of episodes. We usually fill two, two and a half hours, maybe three hours sometimes. Various episodes. We finished our original run of the original series of Twilight Zone, so now we're moving on to the various shows that Rod Sterling did after this, or even wasn't a part of, like... We did the 2019 version already, so we're going to do the 2002 version, we're going to do the 1985 version, and we're going to do Night Gallery, which is dog shit. So that's where that's going there. Check. That didn't make any sense. That's what we're doing there, I should say. It's going to be random bingo hopper after that. As far as this show goes, LAW John Carp... John, sorry, John Frankenheimer Review. Like I said, we do another show. As far as John Frankenheimer Review goes, we are going to do... I don't know how I'm going to do it, honestly. I think I'm just going to pick a movie I want to watch and just do it. I might be by myself. I might be with guests. I don't know. I have zero plans for this. I want to talk about Frankenheimer because he is literally my favorite director. And I feel like not enough people know about him. So it's a good chance to get people to watch his movies. People people on my show, the Twilight Zone Review, LAW Twilight Zone Review, are sick of me talking about Frankenheimer. And then they finally watched Seven Days in May, and they go, okay, I get it. They all said kind of in agreement, all right, I get it now. Like, the man knows how to move a camera. He knows how to pace a scene. He knows what he's doing. And that's what I find interesting. Not all of his movies are great. Not Some of them are just god-awful. Island of Dr. Moreau, 
which did win B-Movie Battle 3 on the B-Movie Battle Twitter feed. It won that. Um, you know, we got Reindeer Games, which I find some sort of interest in. Uh, we got Prophecy from 79, his horror movie, his only horror movie. It's, it's fucking awful. But we got a lot of movies to get through. He did a lot of movies over decades and decades, uh, half a century of, of just projects that he did. And uh, I want to get to them. I want to cover them because I'm, I'm sick of watching them and having no, no voice in it when, the, when I love the man so much. So we're going to get around to that. Um, just So stay tuned to this. It will be different from here on out. They will be isolated episodes for this specific feed. This one is just going to be LIW The Twilight and Reviews version of Seven Days in May. I tried to talk about Rod Serling more. Obviously, in, in future follow-ups, it will not talk about the writer so much as, as the John Carpenter. Or, why, I can't do this. I need the, I'm, I'm covering two different directors with the same first name. It will talk about John Frankenheimer after this. I literally, five minutes ago, just finished John Carpenter uh, review on, on live on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, loitering in Wonderland, loitering in Wonderland. Check us out there. That's where we do our Tuesday, Wednesday shows. And we do a lot. We do a lot of videos, different shows, tons of them. LIWstudios.com. I'm done blathering. Uh, how about, how are you? Great. Okay. Um, let's get to the feed. Let's play this. And this will kind of work as episode one of the show. So without further ado, let's consider this LIW John Frankenheimer review episode one for seven days in May, 1964. And dot, 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 go. This one. You're entering a realm which is unusual. Maybe it's magic or contains some kind of monster. The second one. Prepare to enter the scary door. Clockwise. Ordering in Wonderland. There's a gremlin destroying the plane. You've got to believe me. Why should I believe you? You're Hitler! No! Welcome to the LIW The Twilight Zone Review, episode 220. Today we're discussing Seven Days in May, 1964. Directed by some guy. I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it Frankenheimer! out. Frankenheimer! Special guest, special musical guest, John Frankenheimer. That's how you said that. I'm Phoenix I West. Just, uh, I'm a great director. That's how he talked. F- Frank? Oh. Frank? Frank, you gotta introduce yourself. I'm here on Phoenix West. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you said I'm John Frank. I'm I'm Frank. I'm John Frank in Links. Linksenheimer. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Dick and May on your service. You know what? Let's um. Let's try this. You're entering a realm. Believe me. Why should I believe you? You're Hitler. Welcome to LIW. Yeah. Shut up. Welcome to LIW. Twilight in review episode two twenty for seven days in May, nineteen sixty four. I am Phoenix West. I am Frank Links. I'm Richard Dickett, and I'm Barry Ape at Raiders underscore OTLF. And Dick doesn't know what clockwise is. Oh, that's right. See, I'm not <laughs> used to this. I'm in the wrong spot. You still know how a clock works, right? How, no, it doesn't matter. It how doesn't do matter. Not play the victim right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I was John Frankenheimer is a faggot. <laughs> he loves the cock. <laughs> so Adam. Hey, what's going on? How much? He he is he was gay though. <laughs> he loved cock. 
That's not the point. The way they said it just sounded disparaging. Dirty, you know? dirty and nasty and raunchy. I, I had no idea. I didn't know. Um, now I probably won't ever make that joke because he's not gay. He was married. <laughs> I know, married several he's times. Not. Yeah, several times. Because John Frankenheimer couldn't keep a wife. And, he and, married and loved. He was married and loved the cock. There's I can't. I can't take it. I, I listened to the commentary up. today by John Frankenheimer, which I've oh. never done before. Mm. And he talks about how in one of the scenes in Ava Gardner's house, there's a painting in the background, and he's like, mm. "I divorced my wife," and, and as the divorce is going through, he, he goes, "I divorced my first wife," which is a sign. And he goes, "As the divorce is going through, I, I took that painting from the house without her realizing it, and he put it in the movie." And then, like, years later, she sued him, and he had to give it back. <laughs> like, what a bitch. Wow. What a, what a petty bitch. She what took the ice cubes out of the ice trays. <laughs> what yeah. kind of a freaking bitch. She that? stole the last can of hoo hash. Yeah. Oh, shit, one of, his wives, one of his wives was in Twilight Zone, remember? Oh, who, one, of, she, one of them? Who she was, was in 100 Yards Over the Rim. She plays the woman that works at the counter. Oh, interesting. Yep. That yep. was one of his. Went, that was his second went, wife. I went fancy today. I got the peanut butter whiskey. Oh my Ooh, god! Oh it sounds god. horrible. No, it's delicious. Oh my fucking god! I learned all about peanut butter actually last night. I was watching a, a History Channel's History of Food. It was Jan- pretty interesting. Jansen got that me into this. Actually, sounds interesting. Peanut yeah. butter was originally medicinal. It wasn't like it is today because it was designed for people who couldn't eat meat for protein. Yeah. It was actually designed for the slaves. Well, they, they didn't care about their protein intake, though. They didn't so. care about their protein. Well, yeah, work faster and harder for more protein. Yeah, lobster and, and peanuts were um, what the slaves got. Fucking living. Lobsters and peanuts? That's fucking pretty good. I, I want to be a slave. Lobster. You can't even get those in a restaurant legally anymore. I know. What the fuck? The views addicted do not reflect the views of LAW Studios. <laughs> No, it's the positive on slavery. I need that button. Not even ballpark. I need that button. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Is that true, Frank? Are you making that up? That they were fed lobster and peanuts? Lobster's true because it was like peasant food because it was just considered like the cockroach of the sea. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was gross. It looks like a cockroach. It looks like a. It 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 looks like a big undersea bug. That's why you always want to get the tail. Just the tail. I don't want to see that thing sitting on my plate looking at me. Michael, I Uh, suck just the eyes. It, he sucked the eyes. This shit. Sucked that. Ah! It, it, does have a, it, it does have an ancestry branch from the cockroach. Well, oh, that's whatever. If a cockroach tastes like that, let's start fucking cooking them up. Shit, there's well, plenty of them. <laughs> get fucking butter. Get yeah. some butter. Dip it in there. Have yourself a snack. You know what else looks like a lobster but doesn't taste like one? Crawdads. I've had those. Uh, they don't I've had crawdads. Like They're like poor man's shrimp. No, but you got yeah, a, a crawdad. You have to soak in like three gallons of butter for it to and, taste and good. And you have to do all yeah. this work for this much fucking meat. Yeah. Right it's way yeah. too much work for way too little amount of food. Dude, sunflower ever... seeds are less work than crawfish. Yeah. But don't ever eat an old crawdad because it will kill you. So here on LAW Seafood <laughs> Review... Um, <laughs> we we discuss a lot of seafood in the show. Yes, and no, we, we're known for that. Yeah. yeah, seven days in May, lobster tail. Yeah, this is all you guys not want to talk about a Frankenheimer movie. No, I love this movie. That was so, very uh, good. I was very pleased with it. This is I seven was, days in May in February edition. I was scared. I was scared that I'd be like, eh, I don't, I don't like Cold War movies and they're boring. And this one was actually pretty good. 
I think the dialogue is what kept me going because yeah. it was good dialogue. Because it's Sirling. Anyway, it's always going to be that high-end sort of poetic, flowery, you know, humanity language. Where you're just like, well, oh, the morality! The morality of it! I don't think people realize how tied together Frankenheimer and Serling are. Because they did it. He, he rejected a ton of his stuff for Playhouse 90. Like six or seven, maybe more episodes. Which, uh, which well, Twilight Zone episodes did Frankenheimer direct again? None. Yeah, you didn't. Okay. No, but uh, actually, he was he was Rod's go-to guy for anything that had to deal with that, and and uh, that was because I I think um, um, uh, Buck um, was uh, you know started uh, corresponding with Frankenheimer at first in season one, and then Rod heard about that and he was like, oh yeah, we're yeah we're boys, so then Rod started doing that. Now they're working together before that for Playhouse 90. Yeah. Yeah, they did a bunch of episodes together. And, yeah, um, it was interesting to listen to this because he's talking about how, you, you know, because uh, it's shot in the White House, or, you know, set in the White House, I should say. And the reason it looks so much like the real White House is because John F. Kennedy was a huge fan of John Frankenheimer and was friends with him and just invited him over and was like, all right, make your movie look like this. Like, JFK was super on board with this movie, wanted it made. Which and the ironic our, part was it didn't get released because he got shot in the yes. head. Yes, and it's about overthrowing a president, and then our president got shot, and so oh, movie got delayed. Oh, this one of those, huh? This was, that must be why, I, I, I gotta confess, I never heard of this movie yeah. before. It was supposed to come out in 63, and it got yep. delayed. The movie's banned in Brazil, because at the time the book came out, the a, a coup happened in Brazil, and now they won't, you can't have the movie there. I don't know if it's well, still Brazil, banned, but... Brazil sucks, so yeah. who cares? Yeah. Actually, Brazil's on its way up. It's becoming... Um, Shut up, Frank. <laughs> Nobody cares about Brazil. No. Nobody cares about Brazil, Frank. They have lobsters and peanuts in Brazil. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> not even that good. Actually. <laughs> that's, that's a no, actually, actually. <laughs> actually, they're growing a lot of... Uh, what is that shit called that, uh, that tastes like everything but is healthy for you? Heroin. Chicken? No. Tof, tofu. Oh, dicks gone. Yeah. I thought no, you were gonna no. say semen. No, not no, not tofu. What? Well, what's the other thing that they make it out? It's like a seed or something. Seaweed. Uh, soy. Soy. That's the soybeans. Soybeans. Huge. They're they're the they're the uh, third largest soybean. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's what they do in Brazil. <laughs> hey, you got some fucked narcos? up. Books. That's all I gotta say. That's you, I have got to that's, see your library at some point. You buy it some that's, ten cents. That's northern cents. South America. Yeah, written by some Brit. That's Columbia, you fucking. That's, I can't, can't wait that's how that. Dick makes his money. He charges admission tickets during the day to let people look at his library. <laughs> I should have seven days to make. I find the book and buy it. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of interested. I, I'd buy it if I could. I'm gonna look for that now because I like buying those little paperback novels. He's got Sun Tzu's The Art of War as a coffee table book, you know. <laughs> with pictures. With, with diagrams. With diagrams of actual battles. Do you ever read, read that book? It's so short. Yeah, yeah I like no, it. No, I, I haven't read it. But I never read it. I saw the movie with Wesley Snipes. It's really thick. It's got one word on each page with a picture. Is it like uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit movies, where the, the last one was like... It's like a motivational other... thing for fucking executives. That's what it every, is. every other line is, whoa. Yeah. We're going to go to war. Uh, no, it's just, you know... It's it's, it's, it's like it's like porn for Gordon Gecko types. You know? Yeah, it's like, um, you know... Um, uh, 
you know, uh, the the defensive defense is the best offense. Uh, yeah, all, all those motivational fortune cookie type poster shit things come from that. Hold on now. You're having Dr. Pepper and peanut butter yeah. <laughs> whiskey. Oh, my goodness. No, That's guys, everybody in the chat, we've talked about this before. I told you, Jansen got me into that mix, and it sounds gross. We talked about this. I, I understand. He poured me a glass, and I was like, okay. And I was like, holy shit. It's like, it's really good. No, I can understand Dr. Pepper and whiskey, but not peanut butter flavored yeah, whiskey. That's no, so exa- exactly what trust it was. Me, oh. Trust me. It's you good. never, 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 ever, ever, ever question a fat man with a beard when it comes <laughs> to food or, or, or drink. This is true. Jansen nailed it. And uh, it's it's expensive, but I found one at Costco for half the price, so can't, can't beat it. <laughs> Costco delivers in a clutch. Yay, time. Costco! Yeah. Remember when they used to have DVDs and movies? Oh uh, yeah. Do they not anymore? Speaking uh, of movies, really. one particular movie we should talk about: Hated. Seven Days in May. Yeah. I it's uh, okay. So would you want to set it up or? I th- I kind of want to go around and just say what we all thought about it before we get into it because right. otherwise we get too dragged down in the plot and there's not a whole lot of plot here. Well, it's very simple. It, yeah. it, it's a coup. It's, the, it's the president a, wants to make peace with Soviets. The, or the, the or American you just go military off on said it. no, and that's it, and it goes from there. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's like a morality play. What, what was it, Dick? Was a morality it? play. No, no. What, what, what was the what was the plot about? Uh, it was a coup. It was it's about uh, the God president. Bless God bless you. <laughs> Dad joke activated. Anyways, he knew this would happen. I'm trying to get he knew this would happen. He got booted. And Frank has to do- kill it with his race car talk. All right, everything's back to normal. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck sakes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Dick. Yes. Thoughts? Anything you want to want to bring up? Uh, a really good movie. I was I was really surprised that I was going to. I was going in very half hazard because I don't really care for Cold War movies. They're just kind of boring in general. But the dialogue and the direction and the actors kept it alive. And reading about the, all the behind the scenes stuff, the trivia, kind of was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And and it's not really it about the Cold War. Too. Well, it, it's it's supposed to. T- it takes place in the seventies. Yeah. So it's take, in the not too distant future of 1975. Somewhere in time and space. Somewhere in there, yeah. But it was shot in 63 or 62. So it's very much about, you know, what if we made peace with the Russians and the American military complex is like, no, we can't do that. We can't trust them. They're going to be, this is a trick. There's a trick. Ah! I'm just it's saying, like, when I say it's not really about the Cold War, I mean, the movie, it's the setup is about Cold War. After that, the Cold War doesn't matter. It's more about. No, no, it's, it's, it's entirely about, about yeah, this yeah, internal. About military, it's about, about what you would call Douglas. power moves. Yeah, yeah. Kirk Douglas versus his former boss, and and he's the president. Which I think, I wish the president was Martin Balsam. Why does Martin Balsam have to die in every movie? <laughs> Martin Balsam's just fun to watch. Did he die in this? Yeah, he died. Now that's the thing. Did he get murdered or was it an accident? I don't that's remember him dying. Happened. He dies in a plane crash. Remember, he oh. flies, he's going to take the plane from Madrid to Washington. It's clever because they never show you anything. It's yeah. Just, yeah I, it, even back, I, I even had to back it up to make well, sure I didn't miss something. I'm like. Bottom line is. Had the letter in the. This, I would say six to mid 60s. Uh, the yeah. government has had, can, has had the power to take control of every commercial airliner and just make it just 
sink to the ground. Well, that's what I mean, but they're not clear in the movie if he's murdered because mm. there's other people on the plane. There's two people, I think, on the plane that crash. So it's like, oh, is it was it an attempt? It was a murder on him and the other was collateral damage. I can't, I don't think if it was. I, ever, if it I was, was the president, clear. if I was the president and people didn't like me, I would always fly with a little black uh, uh, girl. Well, no, you, 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 you would have the earthquake machine in space like Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. I thought my joke was better. <laughs> you want to k- travel with a little black girl? I don't understand that. Yeah, who is going to who who's going to you know intentionally you know m- you know crash a plane with with, with a little the black people girl. who blow up the church in Mississippi? That's true. To start Four with little girls, remember? Yeah, and, he uh, didn't care. <laughs> it was twelve a, years of Frank. It was a Chappelle joke from the freaking nineties, really. <laughs> oh, was it? So, yeah, so not your joke was better, but uh, a, a trained <laughs> veteran comedian's yeah, joke. Somebody else, Dick. The joke I stole was better. Okay. Hey, Frank, but I wasn't making a joke. Frank, the nineties yeah. called. They want their joke back. Dave Chappelle called. He wants to sue your ass. Yeah. It reminds me of this hey, bit I came up with. Yeah, Adam, like, the seventies called. They want your joke back. <laughs> the sixties called. They want that graphic back. Oh. I called. I want to get Snappy back to the show. Back, okay, Jeez. Dick, hey, continue. Hey, uh, hey uh, Adam, uh, uh, that that green. Okay, he's off. Uh, Thank you, Dick. Continue. <laughs> well, just, and yeah, because I never got the sense that it, he was murdered for the coup. I just, I, I don't know if it was an Lester. accident, but I'm assuming that's how far they were going to go to make the coup happen. But then they didn't kill the other guy, so I don't think they did. So I think it was just an accident. I didn't even know what happened, honestly. It, it must have been oh, yeah. like one line of dialogue I just missed. Well, no, Martin Balsam calls the president and says, I got the letter. I got yeah, the letter I remember the that. He, he's on the phone. and then it happens off says, screen. Yeah. happens off screen, yeah. And then the, the ambassador to Spain is surveying the wreckage of the plane crash because it was in Madrid. And nobody can understand what the hell he's saying. <laughs> no, he's American. He speaks English. Is that the guy that was on TV? Uh no he he was they they showed the they went to the scene where he's investigating the scene because he picks up a doll and the doll's burnt up I wonder if the same doll for Planet of the Apes <laughs> yeah. oh, mommy mommy why would he make a doll that talked anyway um okay so what are your thoughts though as out far as the movie goes your hurts <laughs> but um thoughts scored. Would you recommend it? Oh, uh, oh yeah, no, I absolutely, uh, really enjoyed it. It was wonderful to see Ava Gardner. Is that? I think it was interesting to see her in that role. It was interesting, and Kirk Douglas's fucking butt chin is so perfect. You could land. I mean, a... It's ridiculous. <laughs> she slaps him, and I think she really slapped him because he just—he's like fucking stone. It yeah. just. Well, she, she's a woman. I mean, you know, w- w- women actresses can slap men because they're they're women. I, I pictured women. Kirk Douglas and Ava Gardner making out with their butt chins. Just oh. yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it's just like it forms some sort of vacuum seal. <laughs> and it creates the creates the other. Oh god! <laughs> you know what that cleft in his chin really is? It's a woman trap. It created the loser Douglas that died of a drug overdose. Oh, yeah. Women just fall in there. Hey, he was in the best episode of Tales from the Crypt. You leave him alone. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He was the only Christopher Douglas or whatever his name was. (laughs) I I would definitely have facial hair if I had a chin like that. Yeah, you have to. 
It'd be weird because yeah, it, it, you'd have to grow it like really long compared to the rest of it. As a matter of fact, I have a butt chin, but nobody will ever like, know it. It's like it's like even with the rest of your hair, and you do this, and it's like <laughs> just pops like, out, like, Ooh, like, like a che- like a like a Play-Doh, the Play-Doh thing. <laughs> this butt chin is like a, it's like a fucking circle into another dimension. His butt chin. Imagine it's only like, of. Oh, sorry. Look, he was in Final Countdown, sir. We're not going to bring up that movie. Do, 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 do. Uh, out of 10. <laughs> out of 10, Dave. Uh, I would say a scale out of 10, I'd give it an 8. Okay. Surprisingly um, good. I was very happy with it. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I'm glad I saw another Frank and Hire movie. I can put it in the bank. It's done. Frank? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I... I, I like I, I, I'm, like, I would think I'd give it an eight, but then I gave it a nine because Kirk Douglas was in Final Countdown. That's that makes no fucking sense. That is some uh, connective logic I just can't follow. I, it's a joke. It was a nine to me because I really liked it a lot. Okay. It <clears throat> would you recommend just, it? Obviously, yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. You'd recommend it then? Oh, highly recommend this movie. I'm trying to picture <laughs> like anyone younger than us watching this. And enjoying it. I watched it as a teenager, though, and I liked it. So, yeah, but you're a weirdo. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, if you're, people are fucking retarded. Yeah, like, oh, Frankenheimer. He spends half the half the commentary going, "This is different back in the day." He's like, "Everyone is going to complain nowadays. The scenes are too long. It's too boring." He's like, "I made the movie I wanted to make. That's the way I wanted it to go. I wanted these scenes to be slow, so it built tension." He goes, "If this were made by a studio nowadays, it would be." It would, this movie would not work would that really, well. Would people really complain about being too long, though? Because we live in an age where Zack Snyder and explosions. Uh, Martin Scorsese are selling people four-hour movies. With explosions. Oh, did you see Scorsese's new uh, new article today? No. Scorsese is saying cinema, cinema is dead. Like, he's saying we have to save it. Like, it's on a, the death nail. I'm like, going to quote Egon Spengler. Print is dead. Well, it shouldn't. We need to stop that. I, I don't want that to happen. I don't want fucking streaming wow. to be the Prince new order. People what, have to learn how to write first, and then we'll, it won't be. We'll, people yeah. people what, always make movies on their own. What's it's funny cyclical. is I, it's going to come back. Adam, I I subscribe to the Indie Star um, you know, in the Indianapolis newspaper, and it was a dollar ninety nine. Cars, and, yeah, because in, in Indianapolis, right? So. My bank literally put a hold of my card, called me to ask if that was fraud. <laughs> Makes not sense. Only, not the only thing I did. It connects, they, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the whole print is dead thing. So they want to know, like, who the hell spends money for a newspaper, uh, uh, you know. I'd like to apologize to the audience for making that Egon Spengler joke. I have nothing but regret now. <laughs> Why well, are you getting are you getting uh, message board problems? No, Adam. <laughs> They're all you. I'm just sorry I said anything. Adam, what's your what's your overall take of this movie? I've never uh, seen or heard of this movie before. Um, I'm kind of with Dick a little bit. Like when I started to watch it, I'm like, oh, this might be boring. But then I thought the same thing about patterns the last time we met, and as I as I stuck it out, that just got better and better. This. I fucking love this movie, by the way. Um, I, this is way better than Patterns. Uh, High five, Adam. Uh, surface-based, this is very much an exposition-heavy movie. 
So how do you make an exposition-heavy movie interesting? You do cool things with camera angles, showing people from behind the head, uh, showing people next to a TV screen. There's a particular, um, there was a scene where they show Kirk Douglas and then the TV and then Kirk Douglas, and they, they edit it real quick. I love that fucking scene. Just stuff like that. Uh, just awesome. I, I especially loved the little tanks that they were driving around. Those were uh, those were interesting, too. I want one of those. I that was drive, fun. I want to yeah. drive that fuck around the neighborhood. But yeah, I have I mean, one. It, it was fun watching this thing unfold. And also, it's just something cool about getting Kirk Douglas and uh, Burt Lancaster together in a movie at any time. It's, just, it's like they're just like a well, magical... They've done it uh, eight times. Magical combination, those two. And also, um, I want to... Uh, Honorable mention to uh, uh, Edmund O'Brien, who is in my second favorite Western ever, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. He plays Dutton Peabody in that. Mm. Uh, he's in this for a little while, and he's just a fantastic character actor. Like yeah. I, I love him and everything. He plays a sloppy That's, drunk senator. He's good at playing sloppy drunks. <laughs> like, really fucking good at it. But you listen to him, and he just he just owns the scene he's with got the a, volume of his voice. He's it's, got it's the incredible. Cajun accent. He's going full into yeah, this role. He's, he's, he, he, he embraced that. He was chewing the fuck out of that he scene. Was, he was no dummy out. either. He was no dummy. He knew what they were trying to do. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. me up on here. I would definitely <laughs> go eight, 8 out of 10 with this one as well. He was, he was, was just short of a uh, what's the cartoon character? I say, I say, Fog I say. Yeah, Fog I was Horn thinking Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn might have been slightly based on Edmund O'Brien. I think that was around first. They have, yeah. in, they have a lot in common. Yeah. yeah so I say, I say, yeah, get I say, me out I of say, this cage. Yeah. Smart kid, but it's about as smart as a sack of wet mice. Yes. You know DJ Scuggs. So two eight out of ten to the bottom, and eight, nine <clears> out of ten from Frank. <throat> um, yeah, I've only. This is only my. Second or third time watching this, actually. Um, hmm. If you like this movie, you're going to love Manchurian Candidate, which is a far superior I've, movie. I have seen Manchurian Candidate, but it's been a long yeah. time. Uh, I, I don't know which one of those I like better. They, they, I think they're kind of samey. Like, they belong like almost like a double feature type. Well, it's his trilogy. Well, I was just going to I was just gonna yeah. bring that up. Uh, I, th- ah, this okay. is my first time hearing about this trilogy, which is called Frankenheimer's Paranoia Trilogy. And which is, I have the three movies. I should have brought them all in, but Seven Days of, or so it goes. Venturing Candidate first. That's sixty-two. This is sixty-four. Seven Days of May. And sixty-six is uh, right behind me here. Seconds. Laser disc. I don't know why Black Sunday's not in that list. It's a kind of a oh, similar movie. Black to, Sunday's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a similar movie. thing with the Super Bowl. Uh, is Black Sunday the one with Stallone? No, no, it's or got Ray a. It's a um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, uh, Dern. Bruce Dern. Oh, Bruce Dern. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. He's going to blow up the Super Bowl, and he has a blimp coming in, and they really shot during the Super Bowl. Yes. Frankenheimer has a thing where he likes to shoot as real as possible, and that's during the Super Bowl, and this is in the, like, went to the White House and just replicated it. Well, that's, Tastes that's, like Christopher that's Nolan. That's cool. This movie has a, a, a giant scale, but you can tell, like, the sets that they shot in were, were pretty much low scale, but it's just yeah. the way that he shot it made everything seem... So much bigger. A lot of movies that came out in this time period weren't really good about having wide, like, distant shots, like somebody in the background being in focus and somebody in the front being in focus. And however he did to get those shots, I was just well, really impressed with it. The whole commentary. It's it's a two-hour movie. He spends half the commentary, I'd say. If you're an aspiring filmmaker, listen to his commentary because he goes, he explains how much lighting they had to use. Because if you do the wide-angle lens with the, with the depth of field like that, 
you have to like the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So the scene where he's in the diner and that girl's dancing and it's bright outside. Just imagine how much light that had to blast. It, it was eye outside. candy. The whole fucking yeah. thing was eye candy. It kept me engaged in, in what was going on. This is my favorite uh, thing about like Frankenheimer. Could have been really boring yeah. if it had been done by anybody else. But because, as you said, the plot is kind of like this much. Yeah. But it, it, the dialogue and the way the film shot and the pacing of it is perfect. Yeah, and if he he was breaking it down the way they shot it because there's that scene where Kirk Douglas comes in and tells Frederick March about the plot. And it's just a regular regular scene. Most directors would just cut, 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 cut. But Frankenheimer did it where they he walks they in. George Lucas the shit out of it. Let's he, have a guy sit down yes. and talk now. The camera doesn't leave him. Because if you watch it and you realize that's the same shot as that last one. The camera sits down with him, gets back up, follows him around. And then suddenly it's on March over here. It's the same shot. And he cuts a, also, other close Also, little, little things I notice whenever they're watching TV, the, the TV picture is like completely in focus. Yeah. Usually movies like this, when they shot a TV... You'd have that really bad, like you know, uh, flicker effect. Yeah, none of that in this movie. Just gorgeous. Yeah, and he's yeah. talking about how because he came from TV, live TV shows, and he says he was literally sitting out in the van outside with live TV stuff so they could shoot like the president's speech at the end, and he was controlling all that while it was like, being shot from the inside. But like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because like I almost thought the TV screens were like imposed, like yeah, they look, like post. It looks with, that good. Manchurian yeah. Candidate has a scene like that too, where he's doing a speech and there, the, you watch the camera goes through the crowd and you see the different people filming it. Yeah, a, a normal movie would have just zeroed in on on the the president as he's talking, but instead you're watching it through the the viewing monitors and you're kind of scrolling from the side. Yeah, that is really cool shit, man. And it I, cuts I just loved watching and it that. Cuts yeah. behind the scenes where the guy uh, I forget which character's back there, and you see uh, the president in the background of that character. And it's he's also on the monitor right there, and it's all synced up because it's being shot like a real, like a real uh, presidential speech would be. Yeah, it, this was edited perfectly, uh, just absolutely perfectly. He also edited it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's this is why I say when I love Frankenheimer, it's, it's the, the the shot selection he uses, the the way because he, he doesn't do a whole lot of takes and he doesn't do a whole lot of. I mean, I mean, shots. just think, I mean, just think about the Twilight Zone episode that he did. I mean, that None. like 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 Adam said, plots like this big you know hold on which but, episode are you talking about because you didn't direct one i think you're talking about wrong I'm, I'm sorry yeah uh frankenheimer did a twilight zone episode didn't he no oh, that's that's why i asked and he said no they yeah. didn't because i thought maybe he did but no it, it yeah this is well, this no, is really good stuff. Fra- frank's thinking of the silence which looks like frankenheimer shot it that's why i love that episode so much it looks just like that's, he shot it it was shot by his assistant it, that's it, what I johnny was... johnny fruit frugenheimer 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 i hate frugenheimer frugenheimer jonathan frugenheimer yeah i'd agree with you guys i give it an eight as well it's um it's not near, even near uh, seconds or material candidate for me. Um, or even like some of the later ones, like Andersonville, the, the Civil War movie. Well, that's, that's, that's like a miniseries. Though. That's, yeah. that's, wow. like a, that's epic. That's pretty big. Yeah. I thought I was one. the only one that watched that. That was a great, great. I love that one. Yeah. The Andersonville's great. And then yeah. uh, he also has another kind of political one. His last movie actually was Path to War. Um, that's about Lyndon, oh, the Lyndon one, Johnson. Uh, yeah, on HBO. Yeah, and uh, yeah, lots of good movies there. But yeah, I give it an eight. I definitely recommend it if you're if you're really into the Marvel movies or DC movies. You're you're gonna Fuck be you. so bored. Yeah, you're gonna be so bored. 
Don't bother. You're probably not <laughs> listening to this you. podcast then. One, one of the you fun things. Stupid little shit. <laughs> one of the fun things about being on the show is trying to be open-minded and, and discovering new things and then realizing something has been there all this time you didn't know about it yeah. and yeah. I, I found a lot of that on this show and it's exciting because it's like I, I see something like this i'm like fuck they don't make movies like this anymore well, that's I why I like, I, they would. I, I like the time i live right now because i have access to everything that was ever made at any time and you can watch it in digital clarity yeah. like what the this fuck? movie looks How lucky so good it's want... not so much that this movie's not a, a product of, of its time either. It, 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 like, like you you mentioned, Cold War, and you're right. It's not really about the Cold War. It's about the power moves by which they, you know, de deconstruct this plot that's going on. And the whole time you're wondering, is it or isn't it? And as these things unfold, you're just like the tension is just like, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I like how, how it's how it's just uh, sort of ambiguous because both sides are kind of right. You know, it's like yeah. why would you trust them? to do that isn't it kind of foolish well that's that's and the thing kind of, you know going, you're out of your way to do when that you, when you watch a, an old star trek episode the best ones are always when you're, you're thinking both sides have a point yeah. you know what i mean so you know it, it, who's the villain you know what i mean yeah. those are always the best best uh, movies best plots best short it, stories that, yeah. that's how i guess uh, they're, they're talking real life is gray yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. especially in politics it's gray you know yeah. it, it's it's like a you know for example you know they unfold something and it's like well i'll I expect your resignation. He's like, because, but I won't tell anybody what's going on because if I do, the country will tear itself apart. That is shit that literally happens every day, and it's oh, yeah. scary to fucking think about. Oh yeah, all the all the goddamn, not quite to this extent, like willing, uh, devising a plot to overthrow the president. But I think I know what Dick's gonna say about uh, Burt Lancaster. Oh, the whole like, he he didn't want to play it too yeah. like too malicious because he didn't want he didn't want to offend anybody. He didn't want to vilify the right wing, even though he's a yeah. he's a le, you know he's a even liberal. He's a liberal. But he didn't want to yeah, yeah. he, he didn't want to be the caricature and be like uh, you know Hollywood hates right wingers. He wanted to play more ambiguous, ambiguous, and I guess Kirk Douglas talked him into it, be saying he's not yeah. he's not a caricature of the right wing like. McCarthy era or something like that. He's he's he more of a what he's doing because he's, he's right. Yeah, am I, the, am I the only one that keeps keeps playing the ambiguously gay duo song? In my head every time. <laughs> ambiguously gay duo. That's my favorite <laughs> SNL sketch. Come on, come on, life partner. Let's go get this. The the cool thing about that, I'm, I'm glad they they made that decision because what is everybody it, looking at? the the most compelling he rides are the them. One, are the ones where they're not twirling their mustache and yeah. Well, yeah, fucking yeah, crazy. Say, yeah. When you can yeah. tell that they're they're charismatic and they're determined, those are the scariest ones. Like, you know, yeah. perfect example, if you want to talk about superheroes, go back to the original X-Men. Magneto, you see all the shit that he went through, and you know that he means what he's doing, and you sympathize with him. At the same time, you feel sorry for him, and you know he's going to fuck you up. Those are the best villains. That but like, not uh, Kevin Bacon. Like um, uh, Harvey R. Bardem and... Uh, uh, no country? No, no. Uh, the Bond movie he's in. What's that? Oh, Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, he 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 is probably totally one of the lost in what you were talking. One about. of the best Bond villains in in recent yeah, days. Yeah, because you know who's where he's coming who from. Who actually succeeds? I mean, I mean, yeah, Bond yeah. villain has actually become a trope within <clears throat> itself, and that's, that's, the, that's the one movie that got the perfect villain. You know, Skyfall so. is probably the only Bond movie where the villain actually succeeds in his plan. Yeah, yeah, succeeds. He kills him. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. He actually it's, fucking it, stabs the bitch. It's one of two Bond movies that that Thanks, that, that elevates out of being just a Bond movie. Because it's yeah. just yeah. Goldeneye and that. And that's really it. The rest of them are just kind of... 
Goldeneye is debatable. Uh, sadly, this yeah. era peaked at Skyfall and it hasn't been able to recreate no. that since. Spectre was no. like it's a Goldeneye shame, but yeah, great. I, I like oh, Goldeneye Casino, was good. Yeah, I like that Casino Royale. I like Casino I do too, but it's it's a Bond good. movie. It's nothing more oh, yeah, than a Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a Bond yeah. movie. Yeah, it's also Gold got parkour because the the Park. villain was yeah. the the mirror of James Bond. It's yeah, like, it's like he was literally fighting himself. You know, well that was that was the year of the of the villain gets captured in the plan movie plot well it, like, uh, every every movie came out that year had the same villain joker. gets captured yeah, yeah. joker in the dark knight yes yeah, joker in the dark knight how plot. many movies came out that year that had the our, our hero sit in a chair and get his balls whacked by metal so many that was uh, but i love them all that was casino royale <laughs> yeah that's what we're talking about so um, that's 2006 Blue yeah. balls for days. Am I right? I'm gonna tell the world that right. you scratched my ball. Yeah. You know, the first time I saw the movie, that's all I could think about for like a day and a half yeah. was him sitting in that chair and just whack and thinking of how fucking god awful awful that would have fucking. I mean, the guy it took him like what months to fucking recover from that. Oh, I just shit. I couldn't get over his glistening ball. It's so visceral. <laughs> it's it's like it's you know, it's like the scene in Psycho where you feel like you saw more nudity than you did. Like I felt like I saw his balls getting hit. Yeah, yeah. It and I was like, uh-huh. there you go. <laughs> no. But you don't, hurts. obviously. And you feel it, too. Every anyway, let's stop talking about this and talk about literally anything else. Let's talk about XComCon. That, I was I kept laughing because I kept thinking Comic-Con. <laughs> it's Comic-Con, <laughs> sir. You hear about Comic-Con? No, we should destroy it. Yes, we should. I would say it this. Is, if, it was a terrible name. Yeah. If you're a female, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get anything in this movie because there's one secretary that comes in and, and yells something. And no, that's you it. Got, you that's got it. Eva Gardner. You got Gabe. No, uh, yeah, but Eva Gardner, I think, did a pretty good job. I, I, her her role is completely that. pointless, other than to find some letters. That is it. Well, yeah. no, she she's the jilted lover who who was the whore. She's the whore. Yeah. She's yeah. the she's the the navy she's, whore. She's a such a cock tease, though. And then Kirk Douglas is going to ring. I was falling for that. Hey, my mind was going to wrong wrong places. I'm like, yeah, I got I totally nothing yeah. out of her. Also, I'm although. Gonna, there was, a really, stick, there was a, though, that I really wanted. cool scene where uh, Kurt Douglas, she says, is this the part where I'm supposed to scream? He's like, you want to scream? I'm like, you motherfucking pimp. <laughs> that shit was so dope, yeah. dude. I was yeah. like, was only Kurt Douglas could say something like that and get away with it. If you said yeah. that now, you'd just go to prison. You'd just yeah. straight up prison. <laughs> 40 million years of prison, no parole. You know, Only Kurt Douglas He's could like, say that. You want to scream? Well, I mean, while we're <laughs> fucking, I'll make you scream. <laughs> right? Get, get inside my cleft chin. You ain't coming out never. Yeah, get in there. The, did you ever hear the Kirk Douglas story where he's involved in, a, in one of the most notorious murders in Hollywood history? Is this an Natalie mm-hmm. Wood thing? Please don't. No, know. this is the <laughs> this is the second Black Dahlia murder. Because Black Dahlia, that thing that happened more than once, and they just they never made it a series. They never figured it out. That's the same guy. And this is how they know it's probably an abortion doctor that did it. That's one of the theories. So it is an American because, Horror Story. Well, that's yeah, that's where they get it from. Because everyone thinks the Black Dahlia murderer was an abortionist. Yeah. And the girl that died, that was murdered, was in, was having an affair with Kirk Douglas because she's an actress. And on her purse, they found Kirk Douglas's signature and notes telling her to go to this doctor. To go get rid of her child with him, so he's not really involved. He was just, you know, what's terrible. Person. He just, he was the one that sent her to her death. Who hasn't done that? Come on. No, I mean she, she was literally cut in half and just mutilated. A big deal. Who hasn't done this? 
That's well, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. But the thing that about this movie is, is for having as little action as it does. Like every scene is like predator prey, predator prey, predator prey, predator prey, and it's like it's like watching who is going to get who. It's know, like watching you, predator. You know, it, or it prey. It's 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 power moves. The There's a movie, movie called Prey. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's terrible. Constantly, somebody trying to get something out of somebody else, and, yeah. and wondering how far they'll fucking go. But I agree with you guys. That was the the, the, the screwiest part. Is uh, what's his name just disappears, and because like I'm watching a scene, and I, I was watching the movie, and it's like us plane went down. I'm like, when did he get on the fucking plane? And I had to back the fucking movie up to make sure I didn't miss anything. And then it was so ambiguous that. It gets you thinking about holy shit. This is how how far these people will go to cover damning evidence. It's so much to where it's only mentioned in one line, and it's yeah. I didn't even catch it. the The movie has a great setup, which it's seven days in May, literally seven days, and they do it in a way where they don't show you like a Chiron comes up and says Tuesday. It it the only way you see the day, and the only real way you realize that the days are progressing is they go out in that lobby. And there's a thing that says, like, Tuesday, 7.45 a.m. And that's it. That's all you get. I was going to mention that, too. This this is, uh, your director is is a fantastic visual storyteller. Yeah. Like, like he can tell the audience so much just by <clears throat> having somebody react a certain way or showing in the background or having an article on a newspaper. I thought that was well, that, really clever uh, shit. I, that was one of the IMDb trivia bits. Because it the, the, was it the race in the movie with the pre-am? Yeah. Preakness. 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 They said it was never on a Sunday, so they said they had to fix that. Always on a Saturday. So yeah. it's always on a Saturday. But what they did was, the, the, I guess the the guy that did a touch up on the script was a notorious degenerate gambler. So yeah. he knew he knew that was wrong. So he goes, "Oh, you got to fix that." And so he said, "How about you just have a sign that says for the first time ever, it's on a Sunday." Yeah, uh, and that's what they fix. did. Yeah. It's in the, that's why it's in the movie. Explained- Is that why it kept on going May? But okay. yeah, that's that's why that poster's in the movie to establish the seven days. Well, it wasn't really a poster; it was more like a. Electric- it was a poster. It was a it was fucking poster. It was an electric sign that kept changing. Sir, not at all. It was a. It was, it was, a, it was a poster. poster. <laughs> there was they, no neon. See, look, 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 right here now. Predator, prey. Now, which one's predator and which one's prey? Frankenheimer goes Frank in the or is it Dick? He, he goes in the more detail in the commentary where he's like he realized they had a problem with the script because in the in the novel it starts and it's really slow but it starts on Sunday and so then it ends on Saturday. He wanted to yeah. change it because the action picks up on a Monday, which would be that the picket sign fight. And I guess they really mm-hmm. shot that then. And then some oh. people were really supposed to show up and actually picket something. I forget what it was at that day, but he he convinced the people to drive them further south. <laughs> <laughs> to the wrong oh, area shit. so they couldn't show up on time. And he said the fight really got real and out of control. But, um, yeah, I guess it was some guy that he used to bet, like, gamble with. They, but they would gamble they, for hours of their, of their time. <laughs> and he invited him over and be like, hey, we got to fix this. And the guy read the script and was like, all right, here you go. Can I get my money now? Frank? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean... Did I mean? Did the cops go after the oldest guys possible? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Fuck them. He could have been a former Nazi. Because the whole the whole plot of the movie is uh, damn right. Uh, Frederick March is the president. He's going to sign a, a treaty, a nuclear disarmament treaty, right, with uh, yeah, Russia, yes. and they're going to end the Cold War there. And yeah. uh, General Scott, I think he's a general, right? I forget his rank. Yeah, yeah, but general. He, he wants to uh, not do that. He thinks it's a sign yeah. of weakness, and Burt Lancaster. And so Burt Lancaster, uh, as Scott decides, he's going to overthrow March in the most convoluted way possible. Yeah. 
and and I didn't quite I didn't quite understand what his plot was going to be. He was going to make the president go to the base <clears throat> that he built without telling the president. He's going to show up there and then he's going to kidnap and possibly kill him. No, he was just going to lock him out and he was going to take over. He had the senators backing him already. Yeah. Three, he was going to have the TV stations set up to to proclaim what had happened. Yes. And the president couldn't talk, so he wouldn't get to say his side of the story. So it would just basically be a quiet coup and you just basically but put him away. Does he not have a vice president? That doesn't work that way. There's no vice president in this movie. And also, this president is, uh, he seems to be easily convinced. That things are going on, you know. That, that'd probably be my only. It's really hard to nitpick anything on this movie because it's not bad at all. Uh, other than the plot is a little muddled in spots, you know, and it's not really a very like complicated plot. You know what I mean? It's like it goes from A to B, and there's no twist in between. It's just a straight line, you know. It did, so it did remind me of Valkyrie a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, this is a similar similar uh, situation. Yeah. But General Scott is like fifty down on the line of of because it goes to like Speaker of the House after the Vice President, right? Well, I, well, I think what it, he was going to do, he was going to eliminate the Congress altogether. <laughs> like so, it was just because he had the senators; they were going to be through the Senate. I guess have yeah, it's it's convoluted. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, he does It was more. It was more or less a PR. It, coup it only takes more three. than anything. It only takes three very well placed and well timed bombs, and then care of it. I mean, and hundreds of murders. But yeah, it's uh, it's you just got fucking canceled, my friend. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, gonna be banging on your door tomorrow. Luckily, they don't go into that much into detail about this because I'm glad they didn't. It would have. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it just the idea is that's the morality. Do you do you attack a man who's weak with peace? Or do you attack the guy that's strong with war? Like that's the thing. It's like they, who they, do you yeah, trust? they go they go way out of their way to get these letters that they're going to use as damning evidence against him. Which again, the letters didn't make any sense to me either. They didn't do like, anything with them. Yeah, it's that, well, changed it's, his mind. They might yeah. have. They might have. Funny is, they might have. Well, well, that, that's the probably the closest was, thing to a twist on, is that they have the letters. They don't do nothing with them. Frank, what were you going to say? That, no, what I was going to say is what's funny is um, like. Like as far as history goes back up until today, whenever there's a change of power, right, uh, your enemies will test you to see if you're weak or strong, right, or the uh, new uh, regime, you know, whatever you want to call it, that comes into power does something warlike or whatever to show that they're not, you know, pushovers. Like, um, you know, don't want to get too, you know. News, but uh, yeah, well, China just put China. their boats in Japan's ocean, so China's going to start some shit. Yeah, and, and they we're did, not going to do anything about it. Yeah, and instead of flying like one fighter jet kind of close to Taiwan, they flew six of them. Yeah, they no, they're, they're they're fucking with yeah. us for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, I, I think Japan has Trump done enough. Was, they deserve this. Well, it was China. Hey, my brother lives there. I need to get him out first, and then they can do whatever they want. But. But my point bye is, bye, bro. Trump took, bye, bro. And when, when Trump took over, <laughs> bro, bro. you know, he shot 52 tomahawks of this area. Cause. Anyway, get to your point. Yeah, the, so they test the weakness. Cause. Sorry. And, and then, you know, back in the, as far as the Aztecs go, you know, the, uh, the newest ruler has to start a war. It's just, you know, how things go. Yeah. So this president being weak, and going back to what you were talking about, it's, 
you know, it's just how, you know. They don't really it, say it, how far into his term he is, though. No. He's more than a year and a half into his term because there's a line of dialogue about that. Well, they also said that he, his approval rating was, like, really low. Like 26, 25%. yeah, 20 So he, I think that's, I think it was basically, it was a PR coup because you get the public to hate him, then it's easier to dethrone him, and that's what they were trying to do. Well, that's yeah, why he was going after the cameras. Lancaster, all that's he wanted why, to do is, yeah. is, are they going to let me be on TV or not? Like, that yeah. was as big as he, and, and, and then you he, could tell yeah. from that first speech they made, which was fucking amazing, by the way, how charismatic he really is. Like, he could be oh, yeah. a leader easily. You know? Well, I guess that was the, one of the, the things. The president was right. He should run. Like, why don't you just fucking run against me? Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. well, yeah, duh. You know, that's, mean, how you, that's how you change things. That should be the things. easiest way to do it, you know? Yeah. He was basically he, calling him a socialist. Well, he can't because yeah. he has those letters against him, which he talked about uh, sticking his D in her P. <laughs> and that's what all the letters were. God, man. Yeah. Well, fucking. And what's funny he's such is. a player, though. Sodomy was illegal at that time. And what's Something. funny is, like, 600 years ago... Still is in some states. When, when uh, King James the uh, or King Louis the Fourth sent, sent uh, a love letter saying that he wanted to kiss her little duckies... Was, yeah, same about her pussy. Yeah, but, but him saying that was really, really risky. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, like Citizen Kane, Rosebud was her clip. Rosebud. Rosebud was, was that yeah. girl's clip. That's pretty what, sure it was, it was a private name. Pretty sure it was a sled. Yeah, but... Kissing? No, no, okay. it was a sl- it was okay. a clip. <laughs> I, I I have never said that to a girl and meant it like Rosebud. You it, taste like salmon. What are you trying to say? Is it says good old players. ride the good old salmon sled? You <laughs> taste like bad lobster and peanuts. Oh my god! <laughs> there it goes. It came right back. We right. brought it back, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Set up and pay <laughs> off. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> um, let's break this down to a couple scenes because it really is just Kirk Douglas. Or sorry, uh, yeah. Well, let's we'll start there. It Kirk is Kirk Douglas, Douglas yeah. realizing he what his his uh, commanding officer is doing, and he's kind of catching stuff around his office, and he's like catching like hey, they have like a Preakness bet, and he's like, I don't think that's really what they're talking about. And well, I, I, that's the best part of the movie is the last scene between him and Lancaster. I thought that was amazing. That's yeah, what I want to get to is those yeah, yeah. those big scenes that stand out. For me, it's it's yeah. uh, the first one is when Kirk Douglas finally goes to the White House and is like, All right, I got to go there. And he goes in and then he tells the, the president and Martin Balsam what's going on and why he thinks this. And, and he kind of sets it all in motion. And then they're kind of. I hate it in a movie where they go, well, that's bullshit. Get out of here. And then the guy has to go prove it on his own. And, and luckily, mm-hmm. they go. Okay, if this is substantial, let's 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 do this just in case because this is serious enough. Yeah. They take it seriously, but they don't take, put all their faith yeah. into it. They don't just go fire the guy. And, and, and even Kirk Douglas says, "I hope I'm wrong yeah. too." Like I hope this is all in my head, and I, I that, really hope you're this right. Isn't that's true. that's a movie trope that they just yes. leapfrogged over. It, it's right? a Rod Serling refreshing yeah. script. So he just goes, "This is what would happen." They would take it seriously enough to investigate, but not seriously yeah. enough to go fire the guy and, and jump on TV and go ah. No, they, they want to they play their cards right. They want to sell all these dominoes up before they do that. Yeah. And then my next big scene is is um, probably the confrontation because he, Frederick March calls Scott into his office and he's like, I want yeah, a yeah, resignation. Yeah, yeah. And that scene goes on and on and on. And it's just a couple shots. You sit there and watch it and it's grueling because he's like, I don't think I should hand in my resignation. Why should I? And it's just them laying out all their cards and everything Scott do, says, sir? what are you going to do? Everything yeah. Scott says, uh, uh, March has a is a comeback for, and he's like, 
finally reveals that Kirk Douglas is the one that was on to him from the beginning. And he's like his trusted enough guy to he, – he clearly respected him, but he didn't trust him enough to make him part of the plan. Well, he he knew because he sent them all. He goes, you take three days off. Yeah. Go take the rest of the week off while this is all going on. And he basically said, you look tired. You should take a, you should take three days off and go enjoy some. Go, go stick your D yeah. and her P and eat some steaks and don't, well, don't look I, at my letters. I think they kind of outlined that, too, because he was asking him about a certain ensign. He's like, oh, did you, <clears throat> did you hear about ensign? And he's like, it's like, yeah, well, he means well. And I think that, that pretty much outlined why uh, Kurt Douglas isn't a part of, of any of his plans because – He's more accepting of people and a little bit more patient, and probably, dare I say, even though he's a, a general and you know or a, a, a well, ranking you a know, ranking officer in the Marines, he's definitely a little bit more flexible. Do, than, than, do you think? Yeah, do, do you less think militant? It's, yeah. Do you think it's more along the lines of he had a, he had a relationship with Ava Gardner? And that's what kind of pissed him off, so he left him out. And that for that reason, that, I think there that was the undertone. Is that the undertone? Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that has something to do with it. It's another, like, another, she liked him more because yeah. that's like the elephant in the room that just yeah. never gets addressed. It, it seems more. like whenever he goes to Ava Gardner's place, he has a ninety percent chance of fucking her. Right? Like, I, I was thinking that yeah. too. Like she's like just basically just yeah. splayed out. Like yeah, take me. You he's know? he's gonna like, pam her. Pam is like, uh, pussy ass mouth. All he would have to do to get laid is just go like this. I yeah. didn't bring it out for air, made done. Man. You know, just <laughs> done. Like she's throwing it herself at him, and I'm like, damn. Uh, another shot, another scene I really liked is when he when uh the, the only scene where Kirk Douglas is really outside of any building is when he follows Scott, and he, they're on foot and they're walking down an alleyway. And fr- in the commentary, Frankenheimer's like, it's just people walking down an alleyway you can only do so many things here he's like i tried to do my best to make it interesting i'm like oh you fucking killed it man yeah. he, was, he was really good at making just normal yeah. scenes seem interesting especially that one in the car where they're following the other car that's been done in movies so yeah. many times you would just see the, the up the top down shot of one car following another car and you'd be like but yeah. no he shows it from the back seat and it fucking looks great it's yeah. a great fucking well, shot it actually made me laugh though because they were so obvious about following him it was so like they, they yes. were like the worst, the well, worst tailors ever. The yeah. reason he makes it more interesting and more uh, suspenseful is he ramps up that noise. It sounds like they're wearing tap shoes, like click, 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 and it like makes you. Like, I was thinking that so too. tense, like you hear all the uh, yeah, you could hear all every little. Did pin he drop. speak of that in the commentary? Not the noise, yeah. but I don't know if if this if this was just me or the headphones that I was using, but there was one particular scene in in the Oval Office there where I swear to God I could hear the camera moving. Like the, the, the squeaking of the wheel. Well, you got right good ca- you got good earphones. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then they they go around his car, and then they uh, it stays in the same shot and it never leaves focus. You've either us or the reflection of Scott coming the other way. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, man. No. Damn, good you're good. Damn good stuff. Ah. You back there said bastard. I listen to your commentary. <laughs> He didn't talk about that either. It was, it was interesting, but yeah, we we always make fun of you for for bringing him up all the time. But yeah, he was definitely on his A game on this one. No, Frankenheimer sure. is fucking solid director. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a I, solid. Fuck, I, he's old school good I, director. I, I don't put him up there with like um, uh, Stanley Kubrick. He's more like he's up there with David Fincher, where they kind of shoot the same way. Well, that's the thing that's cool. It's like you and I have favorite directors, but we're not going to say like they're the best directors there are. It's just they mean something to yeah. us. You know well, I, mean? I would so, say it's the it, my top four. Leone, number one. Scorsese, number two. Number three. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, who would be my number Mick three? Mick G. Tommy Wiseau. 
Mick G. Adam, Adam Sandler. Oh, this world. I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> I go, uh, while you're thinking of yours, I would Brad go. Durst. I can't think of anything. I would go. Fred Durst. Fred Durst, yes, Durst. Durst. <laughs> I go uh, Frankenheimer, Fincher, Leone. Oh, okay. Okay. And Scorsese? Uh, Leone, Scorsese, Fincher. Um, no Spielberg love? Spielberg's like Spielberg's 12, in my top 12 20. to 14. I, I would say yeah. he's 15, 16. Yeah. Did uh, honestly, I would. I, I would put I don't want to watch E.T. ever again. He... I, I think he's one of the best. That wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> my phone is off. That was not me. I think Spielberg's the best action director. I think he knows how to make it. He, he's like the only action director that would have a the wide shot, close up, mid shot, and do an action scene and edit it three ways. Where you watch like Michael Bay or, or Paul Greengrass and you have a fucking oh, God. Ele- epileptic fit. Christopher, watching a scene Christopher Nolan watched every Paul Greengrass movie before he did Batman Begins. It's all. Oh, I would say Nolan's <laughs> my, my fifth. Yeah. But I would say Nolan's up there. No, you Nolan's know, up there. I saw yeah. one of those Born movies in a theater and I left sick. Oh, God. I, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Supremacy one. Yeah. Great story, great movie, but that shaky camera shit, I'm glad that Fucking went out of style it. real fast. hate it. That was like the early 2000s. It's like, oh, it's gritty, it's realistic. Oh. Remember NYPD Blue? Some of those shots are fucking hilarious when you watch them now. It's like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll that was a call. thing. It was, it was this shit. <laughs> I'm gritty. I, I'm sorry. I would say Leone, Hitchcock, uh, Scorsese. What did Leone do? I've never heard Tarantino. Of once upon a time in the West. Once upon a time in America. Good and bad, the ugly. That's all you need. Fistful of dollars. Fistful for a few dollars more. more. Yeah. I, Fistful I of dynamite. Those two, slash, right. aka Ducky Sucker. Ducky Sucker. That's a good. Colossus one. of Rhodes. That's brilliant. Um, what else did he direct? Uh, he's go- go- he's ghost. Yeah. He's ghost directed no. a few things with Ducky Terrence. Sucker. Yeah. Terrence Hill. He's he's he ghost Ghostbusters. What? No, he, that's he's Ivan Reitman. There's a movie called My Name is Nobody, which yeah. is a great movie. And that, I've that's never seen that. Pretty much, it's great. It's a good movie. But it's pretty much a Leone movie. It's, yeah. it's Leone. I think at this point he has that. credit for that. I think it's under I his think name he now. does too, yeah. yeah. I think they pretty much said it's Leone's movie. Because he's the producer on it. Ina Morricone's the music. It's Henry Fonda's in it with Terrence Hill. It's, it's really good. All I want to say is Dick introduced me to this movie when we were in film school. And... It's the same reason I like Frankenheimer. Leone and Frankenheimer are kind of tied together in my mind because they are directors who think with the camera first. They yeah. go, "This is how I want to shoot this scene," yeah. and then he they don't make speak that a lick work. Of English. Yeah, let somebody else worry about the the plot and the story and all that. This is how yeah. we're going to make these scenes look cool. And yeah. but he, it's Once Upon a Time in the West is what Dick showed me, and that movie is so beautiful. It's it's Henry Fonda. Uh, what's his name? Bronson. Yeah, Charles Bronson. Yeah. Jason Robards. Jason Robards, and the girl's name is... Uh, Claudia Cardinale. Yeah, she's great. Big bosom girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, Frank, oh, Frank she's, she's she's up there, Frank. You gotta, you gotta she watch fucking smoke. She smokes like a train, motherfucker. <laughs> she's just like you. But it's it's great. It's a great she's movie. Smoking. Check it out. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a... Okay, let's move on. The only thing I would say for Frankenheimer movies, if you want to check it out, is we're talking about action movies, is watch Ronin. It's one of the yeah. best car chase sequence movies, car chase movies you'll ever watch. I think Ronan is the best car chase movie yeah. ever made. They, they kind of is. They shot in Paris, France, and they did not slow the. He, he's like he refused to speed up the footage. He's like, I hate that in movies. We're we're driving 120 down the down the streets of Paris, and they did that. Yeah, it's and awesome. It's, just, it's you feel it, and he also did Grand Prix, another car movie. Frank. No, 
Check out Grand Prix. I've for... seen that. I've seen that movie. Before. That's a great movie. Frank has got to have seen Grand Prix. It's long. It has an overture. So oh, we went over this Saturday, yeah. uh, Dick. <laughs> Did you go? Oh, you went Saturday? I think no, the last no, no. time I saw Grand Prix, I was probably about eight years old. Eight yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. It holds up. I just watched it recently. During the podcast, you brought up Grand Prix, and I said I didn't watch it. Yeah, no. you should watch it. Yeah. Anyway. NASCAR um, started. Oh, wait, that's not you. The last. The, Shots fired across the board, Bob. You know, it started, but it ended at midnight. No. It got yeah. fucking rained yeah. out every 20 minutes. Dick knows that on uh, ISCP, uh, NASCAR is the N-word and is not to be said on. on I, I, I do know that. That's, that's, so, that's funny. So, um, also the scene. With a stick. Another power move scene, Adam, is Kirk Douglas staying silent when Scott walks out after being told to hand in the resignation and just walks past him. Yeah, it's fucking great. And the commentary, Franken. one of my favorite scenes. The commentary, sure. Frankenheimer, is like, I decided to leave it silent. I felt it told you more silent than it would have a dialogue. I was like, but kudos, my, man. My it's a wide shot. Scene. It's a wide shot. There's no my, my favorite is just, it, it's, it's the simplest, stupidest fucking scene, but it's just the way that it's edited. It's when he's just watching uh, Burt Lancaster give that first speech. Yeah. He's just sitting there on TV looking like he's fucking hammered, and they just keep cutting from the TV to his face, to his TV to the face. TV. Yeah. It's fucking great. And I'm like, wow, this, this movie has like layers on top of layers. And at the end, when the president's giving his speech, and he goes off stage, and he finds the the notes from the in the cigarette box, and he that's when we I guess that's when we find out he died, right? Uh, yeah, the 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 damning I, I evidence that, that they were trying to eliminate no, was, no, it, was in the cigarette case. Yeah, that's yeah. why they, they they make it a point to show Martin Balsam take all the cigarettes out and put the note in the case. And it was a so list of all that. the names of everybody involved. So that guy literally did. But that's the weird thing is it's like just like a whole thing cut out or something. It's like. He made him write that list. He took it. That's but why they crashed the fucking plane. Yeah, that's so. why. Is it is he murdered because of the note? Or that's the thing. It's, that's I don't ambiguous. Know. That's yeah. why I can't give yeah, this movie a ten because it, it's, it yeah. it's such a deep, ambiguous thing that yeah. it, it makes you wonder: Did I miss something? And it, I, I don't. I, like I don't think that wrong. should affect your score because why do you need to know exactly what it was? Because it's kind of pertinent to how far it these is fuckers will go. Though, yeah. Did they murder him, or did the the plane generally accidentally crash? <clears throat> it's kind of important because yeah. you're wondering if these fuckers are crazy enough to have him killed. It doesn't or really. Did the plane just did it just have an accident? I don't think that should really factor in though, because in the end, it doesn't really well, matter. Well, they kind of do that because Frank. I think don't do Lincoln Park lyrics because I said that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Good. No, uh, well, there's that. I think well, they, I think they make it a point to show that it's a bloodless coup because that guy that takes Foghorn Leghorn out of Texas, they get him at the yeah. airport. Oh, they, that seems they great. Take him back. Yeah. Okay. And, and they basically say, "Oh no, he's just he's being arrested for uh, hitting an officer." So, so that arrested. was genuinely just a, a regular plane crash. That's what. That's why. That's why I okay. guess that's that's where I'm coming from. I guess that's what you're trying to say. The fact that we're all thinking, did they fucking make that plane crash? Yeah. So that the evidence wouldn't get to the present. Makes you wonder if maybe there was something lost in translation there. Or, or that's it's a fair assessment. The, it does, it's the it doesn't make me think of that. the of the yeah. movie. It's it's designed to make you think. Oh, who who could I trust? Yeah. And it's just a natural thing that happens, you know. Yeah. But he he uh he asked him to turn in his resignation. He says no, and he's setting up his own press conference aside. And then the president realizes it and schedules him his during that. And so he's doing that. And then uh, and the three networks don't want to yeah. switch. The three they basically tell him, yeah. We're, you, fuck you. We don't want to watch you." But I love that. I love when it goes back and forth, and it's like the president did his speech, and it goes to Burt Lancaster, and he's being told, "Your three men. What are their names? Uh, Harity." Riley and Deffenbach have been they they handed in the resignations and he's like 
Fuck. That was it. Okay. Okay. While he's making his speech, they actually show the scene with the empty fucking room with all their names on the desk. I thought that was fucking sick, yeah. too. Yeah, and, well, and then at one part where, where uh, Lancaster's in the, in the he's in his um, that off the, the room where he's going to do a speech with all the cameras and there's nobody there and the guys go, what can we do? What do we have? He goes, you go to hell. And he walks away. <laughs> yeah. Go to hell, you pussy. What do you call him a pussy? And he goes, fuck David Gardner, you didn't. Fuck you. Go to hell, you little ducky. Fucking pussy. Uh, and then it's just, uh, he gets in the car. Uh, Burt Lanca- Lancaster get in the car. And then he just drives away. And he's well, just, that's like, that's it's like I all sad. Home. I'll go home. Yeah. But I we're, guess... We're, we're, it's just his tense smile. Like, yeah. do you want to go, sir? He's just... I guess oh, I'll go home. Yeah. yeah well, well Frankenheim in the commentary says it was supposed to end with him getting a car crash and dying. He goes, I felt that ending was too bleak and unnecessary. So we just shot him Let's going just- home. Just kind of goofy. That'd be goofy. <laughs> and I was like, "Good call," because he feels hopeless when he says, "I want to go home." I guess <laughs> he feels so I, I, defeated. I've heard some directors say they don't know how to properly end a scene. Uh, yeah. Well, well this movie just is, ends. Uh, RoboCop. There's that scene where where that that guy's chewing out like you're 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 you know Nancy Allen wasn't supposed to talk to him. Your 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 people are not supposed to talk. This is OCP business. You got it. Yeah, I get you. He walks out and goes. She goes, sorry, Sarge, fucked up. And he goes, hey, don't worry about it. This guy's a serious asshole. And the guy that shot it said they did that because they literally didn't know how to get out of that fucking scene. And that was like the best thing they could think of in that moment that they shot it. I love it. You know, funny, I, like, it, it sometimes their mistakes if, translate into something great. You know? It would have been better if Nancy Allen just took off her top and showed her titties. And she's like, fuck yeah. you, Robocop. It's one of the few movies where she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can still relate. I do not know how to end a podcast. That's how you just say fuck up, bye. <laughs> so this is one of... No, but... Shut off the fucking podcast. Th- this movie just ends, though. That's the thing. Talk yeah. about endings. Because, like, the president says, Oh, no, no, oh! And it just goes, Duh! And it ends. The end. Perfect. It just falls down. We don't, we don't need to know what happens next. We don't need to know... Yeah. Nope. It's not. Not important. That's it. yeah. Not it's important. Not. General it's Scott was defeated and shamed, and he takes yeah. a yeah. sad car ride home. That's all we need. I didn't need a car wreck with him dying. He has that to would, go home and, and eat his yeah. bowl of crow. Yep. That would have really ruined the movie. Yeah, you, you could that. tell he's he's like, I'm fucking done. Like, what do I do? That home, is that in the book, though? Home? Is that what happens in the book? I think he dies in a car crash in the book. That's um, so weird. That's like, I don't um, know, that's, that's But this so is lame. This is a num- one of a number of movies that Frankenheimer did with, with uh, Burt Lancaster, because he did uh, Young Savages, Birdman of Alcatraz, which you should definitely watch if you like Shawshank Redemption. Um, he did The Train, which is a good World War II movie. He did uh, this one, and is that it? I think he did one more. I don't remember, but definitely some good ones in there. I don't, I'm not particularly fond of Burt Lancaster, to be honest with you. I, I find well, him boring. I, I, I see two sides of him. He doesn't he's emote. He's in a movie that's really fucking great, or he's in something that's just like really bad, like the original island of Dr. Moreau. You know, uh, That was very bad. Horrible fucking movie. Both of those are terrible. But well, yeah. uh, I guess he was a big egomaniac, though, so... Yeah. Uh, Apparently. He, he's in Gunfight at the OK Corral, which is not my favorite version of that story, because I, I feel like Tombstone's the best fucking Western there ever was. But uh, yeah. Gunfight at the OK Corral is no. still good, because, well, t- again, t- it's fun. Lancaster and, and uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Douglas playing off of each other well. You, know, they, you they, tell they, them how's coming with me! Yeah. I was so disappointed when I went to Tombstone. They, they Fuck you, Frank. They, Fuck you. Fuck you! Shut up. The, the Shut up. He's talking about Tombstone Pizza. Oh, okay. I agree Go with ahead. Frank. Tombstone, I like. 
but I don't get why it's, everyone loves it as a as a massive western. I'm like, it's like number you know fifteen I think, on you my know list. Why it, you know why that is? You know why that is? I love the movie. You know why people say that? Because it's the last western. It's really the last western. No, no. I was talking about the it actual is. town. The proposition. No, no, I was talking about the actual. Yeah, but that's Australian. Oh, why, why would they name a town <laughs> Tombstone? I always used to no. think that too. I'm like, what's what's the worst thing you could name a town? Tombstone, because Prescott. Are dead. Hey, it's Prescott. real. I could drive there. Okay, that's no. right. You live over there. Hold on, let Frank talk. I love to. Why? <laughs> I can't wait to see Frank's tombstone. Continue. <laughs> He's gonna have a tombstone pizza sitting on it. <laughs> I feel like Frank's tombstone is going to read like Frank Linker, devoted. Fu- and it's going to be me cutting it off. <laughs> Hold on, I will let you continue being dead, but let's just, talk about Frank real quick. It's, it's, it's going to say pepperoni dot dot dot. That's what Frank wanted on his yeah. tombstone. This son of a bitch, glad he's dead. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Frank Linker, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a moving image of this just a hand job like in, in neon lights oh it's actual cock on like good a, idea, a good idea. <laughs> okay this, if you're listening to the podcast you watch so the video what i'm, what I'm trying YouTube. to say is i love the movie tombstone i really okay. do it's one it's one of my favorite westerns of all time it really is it's only top top fifteen. Top Let 10, him continue. He's never going to finish. Yeah, My right. point being is, we went to Tombstone when I was sixteen with my dad, and my sister, and we were very disappointed that the main road in Tombstone is paved. Oh, oh. they paved it. That's what you're trying to say. Okay. Yeah, the rest of Tombstone is, is all. You know, like like they shot the movie Tombstone a street over in Tombstone, yeah. but the main road, you know, where the OK Corral was, and you know the uh, the bird birdcage and all that, it, um, you know, it, it, it's it's asphalt. Like nowadays, it's so it's so you can get the the trucks of booze in and out there easier. Yeah, I mean, you know, may, may, maybe like, but it was brand new. Like, like it's eighteen wheelers don't do very good on like raw dust and dirt and shit. You know? Very true. Yeah, but that's all I was trying to say. Is like, that's cool, man. No, yeah, the, the thing with westerns, the takeaway from all that is, is they're good because they're fantastic character studies. That's why I like them. Yeah, yeah like, um, oh, God. I, like, like I'll, I'll tell you what, like, uh, I like when, um. When uh um, oh, Christ. not not Wyatt, not Virgil, uh, Morgan. When Morgan Earp was shot, right? While he's Bill playing, Paxton. Yeah, him. <laughs> when Bill Paxton was shot in the back, playing pool by himself, because I don't know who does that, but whatever. Um, Practicing shots. It's no, there was another guy there playing with him. I think he was playing with somebody. I just he's looked a- up. It's an extra. Uh, I just no, looked up what the population stuff. of Tombstone was at the time of the gunfight at OK Corral, and it was 3.8 times as many as my hometown did when I was born. Wow. More people lived there than when I was born. Anyway. Wild shit. Yeah, and, and, the, and the real OK Corral, nothing like the movie. No, no. <laughs> well, no, of course not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. we're not talking about that. But 
Yeah, okay. that's continue. for another podcast. No, continue your finish your thought. Seven days in Tombstone. You're that, you're upset. No, that saved. was my thought. Okay. How, how disappointed I was when I went into Tombstone to visit it as a tourist today. Like, okay. If I, if Did you I, get a Tombstone pizza in Tombstone? Uh. <laughs> Fuck no. you, dick. Hold on, hold on. Answer. <laughs> Negative. Okay. <laughs> Would oh, you? Fucking ridiculous. Did you? Uh, when you I were would. when you were in Pina Colada Bird. Like <coughs> when you were, when you were in Pina Colada Bird, did you have uh, a burger? Son of a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, another Bill, great Bill Paxton scene is yeah. his scene in a. a the Broken Lizard uh, yeah, Club Dread, Dread when he's he like... Throws the coconut. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, it's not Pina Colada Berg. It's... Um, <laughs> P- no, it's Pina Colada Yeah, it is Pina Colada Berg, not Margaritaville. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jimmy Buffett was a fan. <laughs> I love that. Him in that movie is worth watching the movie, and the movie's not that great. Well, no, I, I would say if you're going to if you're gonna know who Bill Paxton was as a human being... That who that is who Bill Paxton he, was as a human. He's being. fucking hilarious in that movie. That was Bill Paxton in real life. That was he's so he goddamn was. funny in the movie. Yeah. He's funnier than the movie is. Yeah. It Speaking is. of disappointed, literally the worst margarita I ever had was the margarita at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville in Kansas, ah! Florida. There you go. <laughs> no shit. Yo. The worst fucking margarita I ever had was in Margaritaville. Um, Get your money of, back in Margaritaville. Speaking of that establishment, the only cruise I was ever on, the first port of call we went to, we were there for only six hours. Uh, 30. Trust me, that's more than enough time you need to see in anything in Key West. There's fucking nothing no, there. Oh, oh, oh. I just thought of something. This was in a. Uh, this was on an island down in the Caribbean somewhere. I'm not sure the name. Oh, okay. of it. I was gonna say you can see Key West in 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, like there's there there was nothing on this island. Like like you walk in, there's maybe like a like a ring of shops. I fucking there. hated Key West. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Florida myself. Well, I but, like Florida, uh, just not Key West. Fuck Florida. Um, um, but like with cruises, when 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 the boat's about to leave, it doesn't wait. <laughs> so uh 30 people were uh stranded on this little shit island at Mar- margaritaville <laughs> they did it on purpose because otherwise margaritaville wouldn't make any fucking money ever whatsoever so they just leave them there to get extra money well, let's move on no hotel no enough they were fucked <laughs> adam a simple yes or no question do you not think unforgiven is better than tombstone no. Okay. Wow. I don't that's agree, bold. but okay. That's bold. Uh, Unforgiven would be high on my list, but it's not better than Tombstone. I like my that's, shit gritty. Like, if we're doing a Western, I want it gritty. Well, that's the problem. The problem like- with that is it, the reason you like Tombstone or the reason people like Tombstone is that's the last fucking Western where they ever romanticized the West. Everything since Unforgiven has been so gritty and miserable that the Westerns are literally not fun to watch anymore as a result of it. Now, I'm not saying that I don't love the Unforgiven. But the Unforgiven kind of did for westerns what the Dark Knight did for fucking superhero movies. It made everything too fucking gritty and miserable. See, I, I think it's the opposite because I no. the way I see the westerns nowadays is like the the they're too fucking gritty. The they, Kevin they, Costner in realism and then everybody's half dead. Or well, Open Range, and, yeah. Open Range wasn't too gritty. I open see Open Range is pretty. The western, the big no. westerns I see after that are the Kevin Costner ones or the sorry, what's his what, name from Godfather? Um, the Tom. Why can't I think of his name? 
Who? Tom from Tom Godfather? Berenger. Okay, wait, what? That's so Tom, Tom Berenger. Shut the fuck up, Frank. Tom from <laughs> The Godfather. I can't think of his name in real life. Oh, uh, uh, um, uh, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. His movies, yeah. they're all like, they're, they're really like romantic. And I'm like, no, uh. He wasn't even Tom. <laughs> what? His name was Tom in Godfather. Godfather. He's Tom. His character. He's the lawyer. He's the adopted son because he's Irish. Yeah, Robert Duvall. And he 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 regrets not doing Godfather three because I think there was a money issue, and I guess now he says, "I wish I would have just said yes to it." But the movie sucked anyway, so it didn't really matter. It didn't hurt my career in any way. No. (laughs) But But, uh, Robert Duvall could do ten shitty movies right now in a row, and it wouldn't. Yes, but I would just say if you want to watch True. a western that's interesting, it is gritty and, and dark. But watch the proposition. It's Australian. It's, it's, uh, is good. it's Guy Pierce and uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, 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 oh God! Uh, Why can't Houston? Danny they Houston. Uh, Danny Houston. Well, Danny Daniel Houston. Danny Houston's dad no. directed so many fucking westerns, and and of all the westerns for his son to be in, it's an Australian movie with Guy Pierce. But I it, think I did see that. It's one. fucking I think good. I watched it. Enough. It's good. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, did, I, did, did I make a good point with Django uh, being romanticized? No, Django's not romanticized. Django's more of a satire. I, I don't consider that a western. I consider that a Tarantino movie. It's yeah, a Tarantino movie. Yeah. It's a grindhouse. It's like movie. Tarantino westerns are not yeah. real westerns. It's like yeah. it, it's like <laughs> Tarantino yeah, is the enough. genre yeah, over. Adam, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Tarantino mm-hmm. genre overcomes whatever genre he's actually doing. Yeah. yeah. You got damn right. I just watched Kill Bill, both parts one and two again. That's a good Love watch. Yeah. Part Love two. It. The first time I watched that, I watched those back to back. I didn't see those in the theater. Oh, I did. I saw them both at the Chinese theater. I, yeah. I rented them, and my sister and I sat and watched them without that, even taking that was a the bathroom first, break. We that was the first them. movie I saw in Hollywood was I walked down to the Chinese theater and watched Kill Bill Volume 1. And I, I was stir crazy in my apartment. Oh, I must have I watched like, it before I, I came out. there. I think the well, best. I saw, it, I saw it before I came, and I, I yeah. saw it because you don't say no to the Chinese theater. It's my favorite theater in the world. Yeah, Chinese theater. It's awesome. Love it. The best part about Kill Bill One and Two is they're both two entirely different movies. Yeah, yeah. that's what I like about them. Anymore. Even though it's not supposed to be. Yeah, and well, if you watch I, the end, there's the a version where it's like there's all one movie everywhere, yeah. and the second one there's not. I mean, there's also a version of um, Hateful Eight on Netflix you can watch where it's like four episodes and it's fucking yeah. grueling. It is so is it really? fucking slow and like I'm like they should have cut. The- oh, they did. That's why you should watch the movie. Yeah. So it's like extended. It's extended, yeah. but it is not worth watching. I watch half of it. It and doesn't I go, need to be extended. Like, no, like they're talking about extending, long, like making an extended cut of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'd be fine with that because the stuff that they do is so interesting. I'd like to see more of it. The Hateful Eight does not need anything extended. No. It's already extended. It's one story. It's already long enough. All right. Speaking of too long. um, Yeah, let's get out of here. Last thing I want to say, last quick roundtable here, is compared to Rod Serling that we've seen, how does this stack up? Like, uh, Frank. This is probably his best one. As far as episode. No, Adam, if you want to go first, go right ahead. No, for movie, yeah. I'd say this is his best one. Uh, Uh,. Best movie. I, I don't know if it's the best script, but it's definitely the best movie uh, of the ones that he's. I done. agree. Yeah, I think Patterns is a better script, but not as solid yes. of a director. Yeah, Patterns is a better script, has a lot more to say. This one is just an overall better movie, better experience, and, fun to watch. And this isn't just me fanboying out. This is 
Frankenheimer elevating a simple script yeah. with with visuals and just keeping it interesting because there's making not a whole something lot that happening. could be really dry and boring, making keeping it interesting, yeah. keeping it exciting. It, it it for what it lacks in any kind of action, like I said, the way it's edited, the way it's shot, you're never bored. Your eyes are always happy at everything you see. He doesn't have the normal speeches of morality and what men will become in his in this script. That he normally does, and I'm glad. Like, like the, our next movie we're going to talk about is full of speeches like that. Yeah. So this one didn't have it, and I and I was, I was surprised actually. I was waiting for it actually. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised it, when the movie wrapped up without doing it's it. It's primed like, for it. Like you're, it's it's they lit the match, and you're like waiting, and it's like no, we're not going to do that. Nope. Nope. We're out of here. No, this is this is just about these characters and power moves. That's I kind of consider this more of a Frankenheimer movie than a Serling movie, though. Well, I'm curious uh, to see the, the dialogue, for, the dialogue from the book, if the dialogue yeah. from the book is the same. Like, well, I'm curious. In the commentary, he literally goes because he, he doesn't say this wasn't in the book. He just goes, "This is a Serling scene." Whenever someone's okay. talking for an extended period of time, he goes, "This is Serling," and it's great. He he okay. couldn't have more to say, more praise to give Serling. He's like, "This is a Serling scene. We just shot it because it speaks for itself." Wow. Yeah. He tried to stay out of the way of the script and. I would really love to watch that uh, with you, man. Yeah, I'll show you. I have it on Blu-ray. We can't really watch it together. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. What do you mean? Yeah, you have to share. Your computer doesn't play Blu-rays? No, I don't have a computer screen, I don't think. No, it doesn't even have a slot to play discs at all. Yeah, computers. Don't you have to buy anymore. those separately. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get yeah. one of these things. Like, oh, so I have to go yeah. buy a, a deck to play a movie to watch it with you. How about you just buy this on Blu-ray and you can watch it? You know what's fucked up is a a, a Blu-ray drive will cost literally as much as a <laughs> Blu-ray player. Frank, I'm just I'm just fucking with you just for the sake of fucking with you. You know, <laughs> I was waiting for this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, you, no, you waited like 40 seconds longer than I thought, and so I had to keep it going. <laughs> but um. Yeah, and I'm just like, all right, you want to go? All right, so we got a 8.25 average between the four of us. That's really good, and I'm definitely watch it. It's it's fun. Um, it's not the best Frankenheimer movie, but that's just me. And obviously, I, I'm gonna geek out over his, you know, his rankings. But Frank, I, I you, mean, you watch seconds. Frank, seconds yes. is way better than this. Yes, but I mean, yeah, seconds was. Way, way better, but this was still good. Yeah. I mean, Turing Candidate's better than this. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'd say Ronin, never, Ronin's better I've than never, this. I've never seen the original Manchurian. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a, that's like, that should be on your bucket list of movies to watch before you kick the can. This movie looks like dog shit compared to Manchurian Candidate. That movie is perfection. His camera movements. It's a masterpiece. Oh. Not the new one. Do you have new meeting 15 years ago? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, did we see that? We saw the theater, huh? We we saw that in film school. The Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Do you remember? Do you remember me screaming at the screen the whole fucking movie? No, it was in theaters. We went and saw it. We didn't pay and saw it in theaters. I was gonna say that'd be a terrible thing to show. It was two thousand four. Was watch this crappy remake of a classic movie. I remember seeing it in theater and and like no, (laughs) like screaming like no, why? Okay, and I'm like, all right, it's totally different. Has nothing to do with the last movie. Denzel, I love Denzel. It's got Meryl Streep. It's got the one of my favorite male actors, my one of my favorite actresses. How do you go wrong? And oh, that's how they go wrong. Now, now you know how I feel about Tom Cruise and fucking War of the Worlds. All right, and we'll end on that. 
Um, LAWstudios.com. Uh, RedDragonsGarrier.com. Dick, dick it. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Oh. So you're not even next either way, Adam. Yeah. RaidersLostFlakes.com and visit me at uh, Raiders uh, on Twitter, Raiders underscore OTLF. Adam said RaidersOfTheLostFlakes.com. Sorry. Sci-fi and TV shows. I didn't know you were going to keep going. I was going to say what Frank interrupted, and then I interrupted. So I feel like a dick now. Not you. Um, you want to take this marker, dude? Um, RaidersOfTheLostFlakes.com is what Frank interrupted you were saying. Um, Yeah, Dick Dickett. Find his books on Amazon, Richard Pierce. Amazon, yeah. So I sent you guys out some packages today with the other Twilight Zone episodes, and they got your address slightly off, Adam. It's missing an E. Oh, no. They got your name wrong, where they switched the R and the E, so your name's spelled different. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, lady. Good enough. How, how dumb is your post office people? I, uh, she was like seventy eight, so I'm like, there you go. She already printed There's somebody t- with tenure. She printed somebody off multiple labels. Union job. She printed off multiple labels, and I look behind, and there's a. She's the only person working, and there's there's a line behind me at this point. I was empty when I got there, and I go, you know what? We're good enough. Good enough. Ship them out. Go go. So hopefully you guys get that shit. Great. Not. I, I canceled my off. Shout Factory subscription because of you. It took me more to ship Frank's stuff than it did when I bought it because I got him some baby stuff. It took me, uh-huh. it, it cost me $10 more to ship it than it did to buy that stuff to begin with, which is fucked up. That's the way things are now. That's yeah. so dumb. Right. Anyway, that's why you get those flat rate boxes. You, you're better off ordering it off Amazon and then just yeah. shipping it to him. Well, he was money. moving. And we want I didn't know when the baby's going to be due, so we, we kept it. But we kept it for way too long, honestly. But it should fit relatively shortly. But anyway, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'm Frank Links. Adam Wilcox. Dick, Dick. Good job, guys. You did it in clockwise order. Way to keep the enthusiasm up, Dick. I know, You're Dick. You're an enthusiastic what? Dick. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Dick, Dick. <laughs> so, what? Suspense. Suspense. Like I always like to say, don't let your meatloaf.